Hey guys, it's Toby Morrison here from CFS Health. And on the other end, I have the amazing Christy Traub. Thanks so much for jumping on and doing this call. You did our program. What year was it when you joined? Oh, that's a good question. It was about five, um, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And so, so you did our old program. For this session, we're basically going to talk about your journey, your amazing journey, where you were and what it was like going through it and where you're at now, which is just amazing. And we kind of haven't spoken in a long time. And I actually got a really lovely surprise the other day. And I don't normally check the Instagram account, like the team runs it, but sometimes I quickly have a scan through and your name popped up. And I remembered you straight away because we had a phone conversation before you joined the program. And I remember you were a hiker and you just said to me, am I going to be able to hike again? That was your thing. I just remember you loved hiking and nature and you loved doing with your kids. And I was like, well, yeah, heaps of our members in the past have, so I can't see why you can't either. And anyway, you sent me a message the other day. I'm just trying to get it up so I can actually see it. Do you remember what you said? You sent me a message and you were like, Toby, I don't know if you remember me. I did your program like five or six years ago. I just wanted to let you know I'm doing so well now. I've You've volunteered for the SES, is that right? It's search and rescue here. And so I am volunteering for search and rescue and I'm a type one searcher. So type ones are the ones that they put in when it's really difficult terrain, like wow. longer distance or um, steep snow, um, terrain that other ones aren't able to go through. Wow. So yeah, I started volunteering with search and rescue a, a little over a year ago and have done quite a bit of rescues and recoveries, unfortunately, but that also brings closure to family. But it's huge having had MACFS to be able to do that on so many different levels, just physically, emotionally, mentally, because when you're recovering bodies, you have to be in a state of mind where you can do that and know that you're doing something good for the family and still have the strength to do that as well in the rough terrain. So yeah, that's fun stuff. Gosh, I get emotional on these calls, but like you actually, I actually have tears in my eyes. My auntie is in the SES in Australia. She's a strong lady. She's like a badass, you know, like she doesn't need sleep. She's always got a walkie talkie on her when the alarm goes that she goes at 4am yep. in the morning, whenever there's like a or 2am. She's a strong woman. And yeah. the fact that you have had MECFS. It's just, it's incredible to see. And like you said, to have an impact on people who you don't know. Wow. Like I'm actually blown away. Just recently, we went out and rescued a couple of people that were doing the Pacific Crest Trail and got caught in a lightning storm <sighs> and they had to go down in a canyon um, to get away from the lightning and find some safety. And then once they got down there, they couldn't get out. And so they called us and about four of us went in and were able to locate them and then get them out safely with ropes and just different ways um, of doing that. But again, you're going against the cold, which is a struggle for people with MECFS to regulate their temperature as well as just to go in the rough terrain, which is very steep, and then use your mind to put together a system on how to get them out. There's no way I would have been able to do any of that six years ago or five years ago even. Recovery wasn't instantaneously, you know, it took a couple years or more and a lot of work. And, you know, it's like this, it's not linear because on the spectrum, I was quite severe mm. to being able to do what I'm doing now. It's, it's amazing. And it's the testimony to what you're doing with the community. And thank you. Yeah. And I don't want to cry. Thank you. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> because oh you helped me. I'm able to help other people. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. And do some pretty amazing things. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. And I was writing our mission the other day, because like I said to you before, our programs changed a lot and it's times 20 in terms of how amazing it is. Back then it was just a video course and you had a little bit of support, but you really had to, like you say, self-start and, and do the work a lot. Whereas now we have a really amazing system and support system and accountability system to help anyone who works with us step-by-step step, every single part of the way to full recovery and integrating back into life. But in the mission statement I was talking about the other day and I've written it, one of the things was the ripple effect. We're not just doing this work for us, we're doing this work for the world. And what you learned through the program and who you become 
and what you do after that and the life that you create and live and pass on the knowledge and the learnings that you've had in your life. This is why you reached out because you've got a friend who's suffering right now and you said you need to go and check out this program. And for me, what's the most powerful and why I was so emotional just before is you're right, you're helping people. And I think it's just within us, most people who go through this journey, they're givers, they're they're lovers of life. Yeah, they're not lazy. (laughs) You said this before we jumped on the call, you were like, I was never lazy. Like you were a mom, you got two kids. And yeah, I just think it's just so powerful to get better, but then not just live any kind of life, but to live with meaning and purpose and love what you do and do what you love. And for me, what's the most powerful thing in my why now is the ripple effect that we're creating and the ripple effect, not that we have directly, but the indirect ripple effect that then you go and do. And to, to hear it firsthand from you today, is just like, wow, you can't really put a word on that, what's happening here. So you're making me emotional because I'm thinking of everyone that's going to be watching this video and the ripple effect that they will have on the world too. Because the people who tend to get MECFS um, tend to be doers in their heart. And not that you have to do, you can be, and that's a part of learning how to be. But still, I feel like people who are going to recover will make some changes too. Maybe just within their friend circle or within their family circle, but there will be a ripple effect to it. Yeah, yeah. And I see it all the time and I don't spend heaps of time like seeing the ripple effect because I'm in the work, doing the work and helping our clients in the right now. But uh, I'm reminded purely from people like yourself who reach out or say yes to an interview and, it, and it's hard to do an interview, you know, it takes courage and effort and a lot of people just go on and live their life. But so thankful that you're here and, and sharing the story and so thankful that you've recovered and also thank you just for doing the work that you're doing. You sound like you do it with grace and you're literally saving lives, which is just amazing. And it's funny, we've got a fair few members doing that kind of work. I remember as a, another girl who was in the ambulance in Australia and yeah, she's saving lives every day too. It's incredible to see. Let's rewind the clock. So you were just saying before we got on the call, you weren't a lazy person. You were homeschooling your kids. You were traveling America. Was it America? You were traveling everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, it was our nation. I, we traveled the 50 states and we went to 140 national parks and monuments and sites. Um, and we went up to Canada and we went all the way across Canada through their national parks too. Um, we were learning on the road and my husband travels um, for his work. And so it was just the kids and I, and we would stay in hostels and we'd stay in camping and they were avid backpackers with me. And so we did quite a bit, but I, I say this to say that I wasn't lazy, but so oftentimes we're made to feel that we're lazy and that, oh, I'm tired too. And okay, so you just don't want to do anything or you're depressed. And, And I'm like, no, that's not the case. I know that one time through the many tests that they had run on me, they sent me to check my brain, sent me to a neurologist. They came out and they met my husband and they asked him and then they asked me if I was depressed. And my response was, no, I'm not depressed, but I am frustrated. And you would be frustrated too if you couldn't do these things. If you couldn't get up, if you couldn't sit, if you couldn't brush your teeth, you would be frustrated too. So no. What really pisses me off is... Why would you go out of your way to go get blood tests, to sit in doctor's clinics, to literally find a bloody solution for the problem that you don't know what's going on with you? Would you really just do that to make it up? I don't think so. Yeah, it had been a decade that I knew something was wrong with me. Mm. And I know that you asked me to um, think about sharing what my life was like before CFS health. And I got really anxious and nervous because so much of my recovery and my healing was not looking at that ugly part and not focusing on how bad I was. But then I said, Christy, it's okay because people are there right now and they need to have hope. And so if they don't know how bad you were, then they may not have that hope that they'll be able to do what you're doing Mm -hmm. now. So it was over a decade, I knew something was going wrong with the heart palpitations or the twitching of the eye, or I would have these 
vomit days is what I would call them. There was no rhyme or reason. I'd go to bed feeling really strong because I was an avid mountaineer into hiking the 14,000 foot peaks in California and stuff. And so I was doing that and homeschooling, but that was frustrating because I was doing that and doctors were like, maybe you're adrenal fatigue, or maybe this. And, and I'm like, how can I do all of that and still have adrenal fatigue or failure almost, but I was going through a lot of tests, like everyone goes through, went through this process, seeing multiple doctors and having multiple tests done, trying to figure out what's going on, but it wasn't until I literally could not move. Mm. And I'm lucky. I know I'm blessed because my uncle was my doctor and not everyone has that relationship with our doctor. Mm, so when wow. he could see me basically crawl <laughs> into his office and yep. lay straight on the couch yep. waiting Purely. with sunglasses on because I could not bear to look at any light mm. and then crawl in and lay down. I was raised that you look at people in their eyes, but I could not remove my sunglasses. I could not even open my eyes. And he's like, oh, something yeah so he did run some blood tests and I did eventually go to Stanford which is one of the few researchers that we have here in the United States and so they diagnosed me but it was a long time of waiting and not knowing and when those vomit days going back to those vomit days I would go to bed feeling really strong and I'd wake up not able to move my head even a quarter of an inch without vomiting. And it would be like that all day long. Mm. But nothing came of that until afterwards with my blood tests and then it, it showed that I had the EBV and the herpes one and HHV6. And then I had low natural killer cells and some other things that they looked for. My T cells were messed up. But I say that because I was really ill and I sometimes was really frustrated because my son was just turning 16 and my daughter was 14 and then mom who's been there the whole life who's homeschooled them couldn't even talk to them it's intense and when you're in a dark room with sunglasses and it has to be super quiet just because of the sensitivities I couldn't eat solid foods for a whole month my organs felt like they were shutting down and they literally were. They were protecting the, the organs that needed to keep on continuing to work to survive. So my stomach just shut down mm. and it was a long process. I couldn't take more than eight steps without collapsing and going from being a really strong athlete to actually having no shame and just curling up in a ball mm. in an elevator because you have no energy to sit mm. or going to the doctor, but immediately in the front door, just laying on the floor mm. because you have no energy. I probably should have been in a wheelchair, but wasn't, but even a wheelchair, I don't think would have served me well because of the amount of pain and the amount of energy it would take to sit up in the wheelchair, mm. to be honest. I really was quite severe. And I don't like to um, go there because um, it does cause some emotion. I'm so blessed and happy to be where I am now. And mm -hmm. so when I got diagnosed, I went online, like a lot of people do, because there aren't really any books out there to read. There are now, but mm -hmm. back then there, there weren't a lot. And plus, I couldn't read. I couldn't <laughs> read books for Two years. Well, that's it, exactly. This is why we don't actually sell a book anymore. Even a book is not actually going to create the change anyway. Like, it's not going to be the biggest needle mover in your life. Fascinating that you say that. So you went online, you're searching. I went online. So there is a thing. I find that people who have MECFS do best, correct me, but a lot of my friends do best between 6 and 9 p.m. And don't even try to talk to me before 10 a.m. <laughs> and my sickest times no one was really even talking to me because it hurt too much mm. um my head was so painful that you would just grab your head and curl up in a fetal position and i would slur my speech even if i were trying to talk so i lost a lot of vocabulary so it was really starting over 
learning oh, how to walk yeah. again, yeah. learning how to talk again. And so when I went online, I was searching and everything was so sad mm -hmm. and depressing. And I think we've talked about this before, but one thing I was told, I was going to homeopathic doctors as well as Stanford. And I was told by both that I would never hike again. And they looked at me and they said, Christy, you'll never hike again. And you should be happy if you walk just a few blocks. So I took on that projection because they're the experts, right? And that's what we're taught to believe. And I took that on for a very sad hour, only an hour, wow. but it was a very sad hour. And I was like, you know what? They don't know me. They don't know my body. They don't know my God. I am going to walk again <laughs> and hike again. And then I came across you and you gave me the hope that I needed to step forward and work hard because it was a lot of work yeah. resting and accepting where you are in the moment, <laughs> which may just be on the couch with your legs up. <laughs> I was on a very limited diet. It's what worked for me. I know it doesn't work for everyone, but when I couldn't digest food at all, I had to kill my gut. I needed to do some things. Not everyone is on the same end and in the same place and we're all different. But for me, having to stick to my diet too, was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It became easier as you get used to it. Mm -hmm. I never thought I was going to be able to eat some things again. I never thought I would be able to eat nightshades and gluten and sugar and dairy, all that. And I can now. Mm. I can eat it all. But it took two years and I didn't know how long it was going to take. Mm. I do better without some of that. I can eat it without effect, but I still do better without inflammatory oh. food. But I am thankful I found you online when I found you because I was even at my parents' house that time. My husband used to travel all over the nation and I wasn't well enough to be on my own with the teenagers. And I was there and feeling very hopeless. Mm. And then I discovered you and I'm like, he did it, I can do it. <laughs> and so I am so thankful and you were amazing. You gave me hope that there is a possibility of recovering. I may not be the same person I used to be, but that's okay because I'm a better person now because I've learned so many lessons along the way, how to listen to my body and not ignore it. And not that everyone ignored their body, but I did. When you're an athlete, it's the whole no pain, no gain sort of thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, no, no, you have pain for a reason. So maybe stop, mm. maybe slow down. I feel like you'd be a really good coach if you wanted to be, <laughs> if you learned so much. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is just the fact that there was no hope. This is why I started this whole damn thing, because I went through exactly what you're going through. It was so painful and excruciating. It was like, why am I doing this? There's nothing to look forward to. And I, I can't do what I used to be able to do. And you spoke about before we were on the call, there's a transition period. And the transition period sounds like when you found me, you said that you had that hour of like, acceptance of well, the doctor's right, the person who has the title doctor, who said you can't live, basically, which is just an opinion. And we've seen this so many times before with our members who have been told crazy things that they can't do this, can't do that. And then that's just an opinion is a fact, no. And they go and do amazing things in their life. I do want to quickly point out though, and I think that I may have learned this in your program too, but you know you mm. better than anyone else does. Mm. You live with you 24 four hours a day, seven days a week, your whole lifetime. So the people that come, those experts that come in and they say, yeah, this is going to be your life. They don't know. They don't know. I think it's really misleading as well. The, the question that I always ask, is it useful? How can you know for sure that's the truth anyway? And if, even if it was the truth, would it be useful to even think like that? And it's just so limiting. We've seen it time and time again. People throw their wheelchairs out. People start hiking again. People start traveling again. And 
We had one lady who worked with Stanford as well over in America and there's some great doctors there. You know, I've spoken to them. They've, they've yeah. reached out to us and they love our program and things like that. And we talk about that. But I love that there's some doctors out there who really care about their clients and want to know what they're doing and what's working and how it's working. But she was told by a different doctor that she won't be able to get pregnant. And she reached out to me and she was freaked out. You know, it was her dream. And I said, listen, this is just one person. And this person, yes, has a title to their name, but it's just an opinion. And I said, I would just treat it like that, not as fact, just as an opinion. And let's do the health fundamentals. Let's get you healthy as possible. Let's get your nutrition right. Let's focus on calming your nervous system down. Give it three months. Purely focus on what I told her to do. And guess what she did? She got pregnant. She sent me a message. She goes, you won't believe this. And I said, I think I will. And she said, I'm pregnant. And I said, That's I told awesome. you. She posted it in the group yeah. um, to sh share with everyone. Yeah. She's just over the moon. I do, mm. Yeah, I do want to back up and say that I do appreciate doctors and I yeah. do appreciate yeah. the doctors I've had. And they are very knowledgeable. And some of the things that they've shared with me have been very helpful. But you take all that information and you do what's right for you. Yeah. And I chose not to do the four-year antiviral treatment they wanted me to go on because it really upsets my body and the way that it was functioning. But I did choose to do something else that they suggested for about three months. And that helped. It, it helped with my natural killer cells. And I was very appreciative of that. Yeah. And I did have a doctor from Stanford call me on Sunday nights. Who does that? He yeah. was so sweet. He would call yeah. me just to check in. And he actually followed me down the hallway saying, Christy, what are you doing? And took notes. And so I adore him mm. and appreciate what he's doing because he truly has a heart for mm. us and our community mm. and he's dedicated to it. And he is trying to help others to recover, you know, yeah. and to do yeah. more. And I think what drove me to create this entire program in, in such a comprehensive way is because that's what the doctors lack because they don't have the time. Look how much work it took for you to go through our entire program. We had the 25-hour video program back then. We'd sometimes have some webinars and things like that as well to help you. It's a lot more comprehensive now, but even then, it's so hard to say, sleep better, eat better, move better, think better. It's like, how do I do all this? I'm incapacitated. I don't even know how to get up in the morning or how do I even do that stuff when I'm feeling so bad? What do I do? Um, and so that was the missing link for me. And so that's why it gave me such a strong reason to create what we've created um, all those years ago is because that's what I so desperately needed when I was going through it. And it took me so long to do it on my own. And I had to get all the pieces of the puzzle from different people and then eventually applied in my life. And so we just wanted to fast track that and make sure no one else had to go through what I had to go through on my own. There's a point in recovery where you're, you're mourning the life that you had, you're wishing it was different, you're hoping it was, you're still searching for answers, you're holding on to what doctors are saying or whoever you're seeing, you're holding on for dear life. And then there comes this point of boom, it's like acceptance. And it's not resignation, it's acceptance of where I'm at. It's, it's messy, it's chaotic, but you, you come to this middle ground where it's like, this is where I'm at. I yeah. accept it, I hate it, but I'm going to accept yeah. it. And I'm going to do what I can do to move forwards. And what happens is we go from focusing over here on the past, what we don't have, missing, wishing, waiting, basically, to almost coming back to that centerpiece and going, what can I do about it? And I'm going to find anything that might help me or be useful for me to help me move forwards. And then there's this transition period where all of a sudden you let go and you stop the focus over here and you start the focus over here and you start to move in a different direction. And yeah. this is what happens with every single member who recovers. It's just a pattern that we can see in every single member. They stop focusing on what they don't have and what they don't want. Yeah. Takes time. It took me a couple yeah. of years. I did an interview last night with another girl and same thing. It took her, I think, three years or something. And it was that turning point for her. And she said, you know, I stopped missing my old identity and started building my new one. Yeah. And like you said, retraining your body again, retraining your brain, retraining your body and reconditioning your body back to what you want it to be and what you want to do. And that's what I see you did. I literally had to die basically to that old self. I needed to not be that person anymore that I so mm. desperately wanted to be because that's mm. all I knew. Mm. And then be like 
like you said, this is exactly where I am now. I'm alive. There were a few times I really wanted to die. (laughs) The pain pain was so intense. And I gave birth to my children without pain meds. And the pain is so intense that your brain is just swelling. But I didn't die. So here I am, not able to talk, not able to open my eyes, not able to even digest food. So what can I do about it? Still breathing. I can eat liquids. Try Drink, to anyway. Water. Yep. Try to keep them down. I can visualize. And that's what I did so much of. I could visualize myself working the way that they were meant to work. Mm. I can visualize the Krebs cycle working the way it's supposed to work. And that ATPs, ATGs, the recycling of them, just visualizing the fluid running over and having them work. I can visualize myself taking steps without collapsing. And then, so what do I do from there? Okay, then. Your program was so helpful because people were celebrating the little wins, mm. any wins. So it's a win to wake up and then still be tired because you didn't sleep well or hour at all, but it's a win to be able to run a bath of Epsom salts and climb into it and not need help. And it's a win to be able to start to make breakfast and give your body the time that it needs to digest that food without even considering doing anything else. For me, it was at least a half an hour or an hour before, yeah, don't talk to me until the eggs get into my body or whatever. But that was a huge win, being able to make eggs for breakfast. Mm. It's a win to be able to brush your hair without your spouse having to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And all these little wins add up over time and little by little becomes a lot. And one of the main teachings back then and still now is consistency over intensity. And you probably yeah. remember that and you would have remembered me. Less is that. more. Less is more yeah. consistency is over more. intensity, yeah. but doing it daily. And that's the work. It's not in the big gains. It's in the small gains. And over time, as you're reconditioning and retraining your body, basically, all of a sudden, what was hard three months ago is now the new norm. And then you build on that. I remember you posting your first hike that you had, it was, I think it was like 30 minutes or something with your kids. I think it was with your two kids. There was a photo of two kids in the background. I remember I've got really good memory. Yeah. There was also a hike that I would do in Yosemite that would only take me 10 minutes to normally do. And my husband took me for Valentine's day and he doesn't hike. And so it was all extra special that he was going to take me. And I was very nervous about it because I wasn't very strong at all. And it took me two hours, but I did it. Mm. And I was hanging on his arm. I was stopping multiple times. This was when I was doing obviously better. I wasn't in bed anymore. It was still so touching and I'm like, huh. Okay. It was, again, gave me hope, even though it was not the most lovely experience and it was painful, it still gave me hope that I might be able to hike again. That's a pretty big win from being told that you would never be able to do it. And then all of a sudden you're out in the woods and you're out in nature. I know how much you love nature and you would always wins about being out in nature and doing this and doing that. I should show you something, but we talked about it not being linear. And you guys all know this, like our recovery is not linear. We're taught that this is how things should go. But with MECFS, you find that baseline and you might go a little bit and then you're down Mm. and then you're up and then you're, it can be frustrating because you think you're doing better. And then it's like, oh no, just kidding. And then you come back. But in doing those little and retraining your brain and thinking, okay, this is where I am now. I may not always be here, but this is where I am now. And I'm going to accept that this is where I am now. And for me during that time, and I know that you say the program is different, but for me, it constantly had to be like my own scientist, my own healer Mm -hmm. and think, okay, what was it that I did that may have triggered this? And I know I'm getting off a little bit, but as far as tips goes and and what helped me, I was in the program when Rhea was in the program Mm -hmm. and she shared about there are different ways we use our energy. Yes. And at least seven different. Emotionally, physically, yeah, socially. Yeah. 
you need energy in order to sleep. You need energy in order to digest food and physically and mentally, if you're going to do anything. And so for me, you know, figuring out, okay, what do I need today or tomorrow? Am I going to have tea with a friend or anything? And making sure that I don't overextend my walking that day or don't overextend trying to read. Like, again, I couldn't even read for two years. I couldn't do puzzles forever. But what is it that I'm going to use my energy for? Yes, I want to be able to digest food. That's important. <laughs> so I'm going to save some energy to do that. And yes, I want to sleep. So I'm going to make sure that I save some energy to sleep tonight. Darn it. That's something that was really helpful. And I wouldn't have even known about that had it not been for your program. I wouldn't even thought of it that way. Well, the other thing that I'm thinking about, most people who aren't getting help or at least the right help, what's happening is they're very much having this up and down experience. Up, down, up, yeah. up, down. And no matter where you're at, if you're a one out of 10 or a seven out of 10, that's usually what's going on. You, you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. But what the program actually does and teaches you is how to uh, get your baseline initially is exactly what Christy just said. But then you have a, an improvement and rather than go down again, we level out and then we go up again and then we maintain. That's so cool. And then we go up again and we maintain. It's, it's exactly like trekking yeah. a mountain probably. Yeah, no, it is. And I've used that analogy so many um, times just because I do climb mountains. Mm. Um, we don't always know why we're going through what we're going through. But if we have faith and hope, then there's life. Mm. And I use the analogy that it's really difficult to climb a peak. You go through brambles, you go through creeks and up quite a way. Sometimes you slide down as you're going up and you don't understand why until you get to the top. And once you're at the top, you can see clearly why you had to go a certain way. And why you had to re-step and go a different route. And in the midst of trying to climb that mountain, it's frustrating. You know, at times, yeah, sure, enjoy the journey. Yeah, you try and you do enjoy that journey. But sometimes it's very hard. But once you're at the top, whatever that goal is, then you can obviously celebrate. But I feel like it's when you're in the valley, so to say, that your fruit has grown when you figure some things out that will help you later on mm. and like let's figure out how to get rid of our toxins and that could be in a lot of different forms just one of the forms that a lot of our members go through and you would have gone through this too is letting go of the guilt absolutely and that's one thing that i actually would say the first year of my recovery i would speak it out loud and i'd say Guilt and fear have no place in healing. And I would say it out loud. I had to say it, but I would almost on a daily basis, say guilt and fear have no place in healing. And I teach yoga guilt. now. Oh, right. Well, wow. okay, cool. <laughs> but when I started to do search and rescue, I also became a yoga teacher. And so there's a balance there. No. And we knew while we were doing the program, how important the mind, body, and breath or soul are and how they're so intertwined. And in yoga, that's what we practice as well. And I bring it up because a part of that, the guilt and fear have no place in healing. It's a part of our mind and what we tell our mind. Mm. And our body is connected to our mind. You can't separate them. Guilt is that heavy backpack that... Yeah, um, people were, and you know, you went through it with the kids, like so many mums. We have so many mums in our program, single mums as well, which is just unbelievable. Like they're so courageous, these women. And when, when they let go of that guilt, that heavy backpack that's got rocks and rocks, and they just take it off and fully just let go. And like you said, guilt has no place in healing. Guilt is just such an unnecessary thing to um, keep. I felt it. I felt it for years, but it wasn't until I came into that center point and was like my mom and dad love me they don't want to sit here feeling bad about it and even investing in yourself like investing money in yourself so many people struggle yeah. with that like you went yeah. you were going through when you joined our program what was it like was it scary to join the program or were you just excited finally for the first time you're like that's it i'm doing it like you have to be brave you yeah. know you have to be brave but at least 
I appreciated what you had to say and the hope that you had to bring where I wasn't really finding it anywhere else. Sure, I love my doctors and they were supportive and the best that they could be, but they were still telling me that I would probably end up in a wheelchair and not be well. So yeah, I was brave. You have to be brave. And back then, you know, as self-leader, even though you were there and amazing, but you have to do the work and be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, as far as the cost, uh, it's worth it. And that's the thing is so many of us will put other people in front of ourselves all the time. We'll do anything for our kids. We'll do anything for our dogs, really, honestly. And our, and our cat, like I spend $10,000 on my dog because I love my dog. And not a lot of people would do that. Um, I understand not a lot of people have the means to do that either. And we really didn't at the time either. That's a lot of money. But for ourselves, I think that we all have the personality that we're willing to give and give. And that's why do we don't always necessarily listen to our body when it says, no, stop, sleep, eat, rest. We just keep pushing forward, um, trying to do for other people and never saying no. And so to learn how to say no and learn how to put our needs almost like on a calendar, schedule in your needs. And other people don't need to know what you're doing. You can just say, I have an appointment. They don't need to know that that means that you're going to sleep <laughs> or you're going to eat mm. or do something that so you, you do. enjoy doing. Yeah. Get outside. And that's so important that you're spending time outdoors. And I don't just say that because I'm a hiker, but I think it's so healing and important to, to spend time outside. But to love yourself enough that you're giving yourself that time that you need to just be you and love you. And I know Raya said this a lot of the time is be kind to yourself. Yes, certainly be kind to yourself. Love yourself. Don't be harsh. Celebrate your wins. So many of us, I mentioned before, like that type A personality where we're perfectionists or used to be and never good enough. And we could always improve. And um, why aren't we able to make a meal right now? Why is the dishes piled up or the laundry, which happens at my house all the time. I've let go of that (laughs) and not have that guilt and to love yourself and give yourself the time that you need. um, So you can function Mm. and more than function later. Exactly. Yeah. Two things that come to my mind when you're saying all this stuff is, do you remember Jay in the program? I think she was a bit mm. after you. Yeah. The lady with the dogs. She used to post photos of the dogs all the time. I was reading her testimony yesterday, actually. I was going through all of them. But Jay said in her thing, she said, it took me a year to join the program. She'd seen it. She'd watched every YouTube video. She'd watched it everything, but she wouldn't join the program. And then she had this day, which is just wild for me. It's exactly what you said. She said, I had this day when I was looking at my daughter and I thought if my daughter was going through this, I would spend quadruple the amount on her instantly. I would not wait a year. I would have done it yesterday and the day before and the day before. And so that was the day that she actually joined the program. And then after a year or two, she's now living her life. And um, last time she was traveling to UK before the pandemic and just on a world adventure with her partner and, and dog sitting and all that kind of stuff, which she absolutely loves. But two things that you brought to my attention was boundaries, learning how to say no. And this is what we teach majorly in our program. Now we have a whole mindset component on um, honoring your own needs and your boundaries, which is just so important. And the second thing is the frameworks. And so you mentioned at the start, this hope and faith, which I do agree. I think we definitely need that in order to look forward to tomorrow, or at least have something to do and for years most of us go through that period where we don't know what to do and we don't think it's worthwhile because we just don't think it's going to change anything but it does and so ultimately hope and faith is important but frameworks frameworks on how to get your baseline frameworks on how to let go of guilt frameworks to stay consistent frameworks to progress in the appropriate manner frameworks to do the right thing at the right time and that, and, and i say that's what you did ultimately there's the pattern that we see when people start to improve and progress is that yes, they have hope and faith, which is just the starting point. That's like putting the key in the ignition basically. And then turning the key to the ignition and starting the car is actually doing the daily work that can really move mountains, literally exactly what you've done. So it's pretty cool. So far out. So now you're a yoga teacher. 
you save lives. <laughs> what else do you body do? <laughs> I adventure, but the awesome thing that happened this year is it's one thing to search for people, right? But it's another to actually try to keep them alive. I was a teacher prior to getting ill. I actually do have my teaching credential, but I did homeschool my kids. But then going back in the classroom, I didn't feel that's where I was meant to be, at least right now, this time. So good. This is what we we talk about. No, because like, this is a transition again of holding on to the old. And now it's no, actually, it's about (laughs) what life do I want to live and how can I create it and moving and integrating to that. And this is what we do. It's so cool. And you're always learning, right? So Mm. it doesn't mean that I'll be doing this next year or the following year. But right now, this past year, the yoga teaching too, but I became an EMT, so emergency medical technician. So the ones that ride the ambulance. I'm not riding an ambulance, but I have the certificates that I could if I wanted to, but I did it mainly for search and rescue. And then on top of that, I got my wilderness first responder too, which you go from not reading at all for a couple of years to reading over 1200 pages for the EMT and the national registry exam wasn't easy. It's a tough exam. <laughs> no exam's easy. <laughs> no, but this if you get things right the questions get harder and they go above what your knowledge is and then it makes you feel like you fail anyway it was a lot of stress and I wouldn't have been able to do it even three years ago but this year I was and so I'm doing that my husband he's really sweet and he calls me retired but he knows that I volunteer in a lot of different areas (laughs) and he knows and he goes Christy if you want to do this you can do that but The studying has taken a lot of time. They actually asked me to be the search and rescue equipment manager, and that's a big job. Mm. So I'm running down to our cash, making sure all the equipment is there and it's working correctly. And when we get out on calls, making sure that we have what we need for that particular call. And um, so I'm also doing that and enjoying life, spending time with friends. I am a daughter. I'm a mother. My son just graduated university, which is huge. And my daughter is also a third year. She'll be a fourth year university student next year. And my son has moved out. He's left the nest. He has a full-time job now, which is great. But my daughter is still here this summer. So spending time with her. Adventuring. I have a new puppy, a Vizsla puppy, which is super hyper and energetic and a lot of time to training the dog. And I have a two-year-old who is still a puppy, a boxer. So I have a (laughs) Vizsla and a boxer, which is crazy. But, you know, just enjoying being able to garden and do things that I didn't do for a long time. What took the longest for me to recover was my arm strength. And I feel that's because I was such a hiker before that my legs kind of like, oh yeah, I remember this, <laughs> you know, yeah. but my arms, they took a long time to recover. And really, honestly, I think it's only been the last year that I don't have a flare up of some sort with my arms. And I'm going to share a story because in one of the rescues we did, we had to pull a couple of people out of the snow. And they were hypothermic, so they had to be bundled up and then put on a sled. And there were only two of us who were pulling this person. Um, And there was one person in the back, kind of just as a guide, but the two of us in the front. And I was on the side, on an angle, on the side, holding this person from falling down. So do you know how much arm strength you need to hold someone from sliding down the the hill into a lake? A lot. And I did it and did not have issues like I would have. I had normal issues, I feel. Yeah, I swim sore because I did that for a couple miles, but it wasn't like I was hit by a bus, like I would have been before, not be able to function. So that's huge testimony that you're still have that, like you said, um, improvement. And it may not be just a year or two. It may take a while. It was like five years and I'm okay. I can use my arms and not have issues Mm. like I did prior. So that's huge. We're going to wrap it up. Yep. 
Two things before we do, I want to leave the guys with two things. The, the last thing's probably the most important, but the, the first thing I want to ask is there's lots of people who uh, are like Jay and like you who are stumbling across this or they're searching online. Um, they're really resonating with the work. They, they're like, oh my God, this makes total sense, but they're scared to invest. They're scared to um, start. They're scared to maybe get better. There's also that. Not to everyone, but definitely to some people, it's like, oh my God, is this worth it? Am I worth it? Am I enough? What do I do when I get better? Like all this kind of stuff. And so we help people let go. Of you that. are absolutely worth every penny, every time, every phone call. You are worth it. Your life is worth it. You are loved. <laughs> you are beautiful. You are brave and you can do this. You may just need a little support because it is hard work. And that's what CFS Health does is they're there to support and to guide and ask questions to get you to think in the way that will help you recover. But absolutely, it is worth it. You're yeah. worth it. Awesome. Yeah. Great. And I just want to say thank you. Just thank you for being part of this program in the first thank place. You. Yeah, it, it, it means a lot to me. <laughs> um, and Toby, thank you. Thank you for what you do. I had to stop helping at some point just because it was difficult for me to look back at where I was. I still wanted just to look forward, but you do this to help people and you're continuing to help them and you're continuing to be there and support. And that's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And you have given me my life back by showing me that there's hope and by giving me a program to follow, even if it wasn't as great as it is now, it was still really good. I thought it was excellent. So if it's better now, then yeah, you guys need to do it. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank I, you. I really appreciate that. And now we, we just have an amazing team as well. Just like a really great team on every level of, of, um, of awesome. help needed. It's not just me, it's the team as well. But yeah, thanks so much. I, I appreciate it. And this is why it's worth doing. And the ripple effect that's getting spread out into the world, it's amazing. Now, people are watching this and hopefully feeling really inspired right now, but any kind of last words you want to share with them? Love yourself where you are right now. Mm. No expectations, wow. mm. but dream and set little goals. And remember, you are in charge of you. Brilliant. And you can do it. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't have said it better. Yeah, amazing. We're going to leave it there. Um, I'm going to leave some links below this video for you guys. There's some free trainings. If you want to apply for the program to see if you can be accepted into it, you can apply for it below. And just thank you so much, Christy. Your story is just absolutely incredible. And for every single person who comes across you in the future and, and all the people that you save. I couldn't have done it without the hope that you provided yeah no my pleasure and yeah stay in touch send us a message to the CFS health page and let us know some stories from the last year it's incredible work yeah thanks so much and we'll speak to you soon okay thank you bye. bye hey i hope this video was really helpful for you if you haven't already please hit the like button and feel free to leave a comment what was your takeaway your insight from today's video it's really helpful to actually write your learnings down. We seem to embed it better and it seems to help us move forwards with life. Here are three ways we can help you right now whenever you're ready. The first way is make sure you add yourself into our free information recovery group on Facebook. We'll leave a link in the description below. It's a really supportive, encouraging place. There's no negative venting. You can ask questions to other people. There's something like seven, 8,000 people in there right now. And I'm sure by the time you're watching this video, there's even more. So go over there right now. We share success stories. We share our latest free trainings that come to the public. And we always share upcoming information about upgrades inside our program. And also when we offer free webinars or free information nights that can further help you with your own recovery. The second way we can help you, which is one of my favorite, is through all our free trainings. 
We're going to leave a link in the description with our favorite free trainings that we know can help you start your recovery, whether that's through our baseline training, which will help you stop pushing and crashing, our three stages of recovery to figure out exactly where you're at and know what to do next, or my favorite, which is our guest panel workshop, which was actually exclusive for our members. It was so damn good that I actually asked them, can we share this to the public? They all said yes, all five of them. So thank you past members. They share their five recovery secrets and it's really powerful. There's tears, there's aha moments, there's real key insight and inspiration. And so whether you're a one out of 10 and you're really struggling right now, or whether you're further along in your recovery journey and you're integrating back into life, we have you covered. The third way we can help you is through our actual paid online recovery program, the mentorship recovery program. And if you are interested in getting proper help, a holistic comprehensive plan, professional coaching from the best coaches in the world, whether that's with mindset, movement, nutrition, restorative movement, reconditioning, integrating back into life, integrative medicine, baseline, structure, routine, accountability, all things health and life. Feel free to apply for the program today. All you need to do is click on the form, cfshealth.com form, fill out the short two to three minute form application and the team will be in touch with all the details that you need to know about the program via email. So make sure you check your spam folder for all the free trainings. If you've sent through an application, please be patient. My team are real people, okay? They're not robots. So if we don't get back to you within seconds or hours, it's okay. <laughs> we will get back to you. If you don't hear from the team within two to three days, that means that it's basically gone to spam or junk and it's gone missing. So please send a follow-up email to the team at info at cfshealth.com. If you have any questions, go check it out. But I would highly recommend adding yourself into the free group right now. Go click on that link in the description. Go download all the free trainings. Honestly, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because when I went through this myself, it was so painful and so excruciating that I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And some of these free trainings are so damn valuable. Back then, I would have paid thousands of dollars for. We've had so many comments and emails and posts saying, oh my God, the baseline training was a game changer for me. Toby, I've been doing this now for three months and I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are decreasing. I've got more stamina. I've got more energy. I'm able to do more things. So, you know, whether you're learning from us and consuming our content through our free format, I'm so stoked. Whether that's in our paid program, I don't really care. Either way, all I want to make sure is that you are moving forwards. You are starting to really implement this work. And that's really what it's all about. Once we implement, we make change and we start to move forwards. Sending you a ton of love. Of course, feel free to consume as much of the YouTube videos as you like. There's so many really, really great ones, new and old. Sending you a ton of love and uh, speak to you very, very soon. All the best for now.